Hey everyone, and welcome to the Nostalgia Effect, the podcast where we examine movies from our childhood through the lens of adulthood. And today we have some fun stuff. I didn't think of like an intro intro. I thought of an intro for the movie we're talking about, but not an intro to talking trailers or the podcast. You've gotten soft and out of practice from lack of trailers. I feel like that. And it's also like we're, we're recording on a different day than normal because life stuff. And mm-hmm. it's just... I'm all out of whack. <laughs> Her whack. It's out. Oh, Johnny, his headphones are dead. Oh, he's got to got to switch from his his fancy schmancy orange ones to probably his humdrum black ones. Ah, white oh, ones. Oh, he's got those iPhone headphones now. All you right. good? Johnny? Oh, uh, we nope. can't. He- now we oh, can't hear Johnny. Oh, he's gone away. We lost Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was an elaborate way for him to simply say he didn't want to be a part of this. Man. We had a good episode today, too. I had a really <laughs> funny intro. Oh, well. Well, Joe. Hey, Amy. I guess since while we're waiting for Johnny to come back, he, he could probably explain this just as well as you can. Who is Shang-Chi? Because I had not heard of this character until the movie was announced. Uh, so we're actually getting out of the my range of familiarity with a lot of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I only know that... Um, Shang Chi is um, kind of like a at the time or at one time anyway, um, kind of a problematic character for mm-hmm. Marvel Comics, um, and uh, basically, you know, uh, and and Johnny might be able to say more, but but basically just like a a, a master martial artist. Uh, hey Johnny, mm-hmm. he's back! Yay! With yet another set of headphones. There's more headphones. Che- oh, we can't hear him. Yeah, the the I think the the microphone's gone. It's okay, Johnny. Can you hear us? Can you guys hear me? Uh, just oh. very faintly. Yeah. I can't hear you guys. Oh. No. Hey, there you there. are. There we go. All right. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah, we that sounds good. You. All right, cool. I can hear you guys too. All right, okay. cool. Sorry about that. No, now that the headphone fiasco is is all fixed, Johnny, I had asked Joe to explain kind of the character of Shang Chi. Because mm-hmm. I hadn't heard of this character until the movie was announced, what, like mm-hmm. a year and a half ago now? Yeah. Two years ago? Um, I don't have a lot of uh, insight into this character either. Um, a lot of my Marvel knowledge comes from just, like, the animated series and, like, mm-hmm. TV shows and movies and shit like that. Yeah, I was I was telling Amy... I wasn't in... Oh, sorry. Go, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. No, go ahead. I was, I was telling Amy that, that we're, we're really getting out of, of my... I don't want to say depth. But out of my my inborn knowledge of Marvel now, like there's gonna yeah. be a lot of surprises coming mm-hmm. for me, which I mean only yeah. is exciting. Like I'm, I'm happy it is. for that. Um, but we're yeah, getting it's good to it's good to see that they're like really digging deep into their catalog, yeah. especially with like some of the most likely Dark Avengers stuff that they're doing with Falcon and Winter Soldier, and they might even do maybe th- Black Widow, Thaddeus's Thunderbolts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of like a Suicide Squad listener. Yeah, you don't it's, know. Like, it's like the MCU version of it. Yeah, uh, but I, I was saying with Shang-Chi, um, from what I understand, I remember, I think he, he's his comic book started in the 70s um, and uh, has, I, I don't think always, but has had some problematic elements mm-hmm. um, in there. Uh, and, um, I'm, I'm actually curious. I don't know how, I'm sure a lot of that was rectified in more recent mm-hmm. books. Like, like the seventies version was more of a whitewashed uh, no, character. More, more stereotypically, ra- yeah. Uh, yeah, more stereotypically Asian. I think like yeah. one of his like, his, his 
master was like Fu, Fu Manchu. Manchu. Yeah. yeah, which is, uh, you know, yeah, ra- racist mm-hmm. stereotype. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's the seventies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, shit. I was gonna say something, but then I lost my train of thought. Let's go ahead, Joe. Uh, well, I do know that. Um, and I'm sure Amy, you've seen this from from the internet and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, his he's got a uh, a familial connection with uh, the um, the Mandarin. Um, oh, yes. I have not heard That's, that. That's well, because it's well, it's called Shang Chi and, and the Ten, Ten Rings. Rings. And the Ten Rings were first introduced in the very first Iron Man. That was the organization that kidnapped uh, Tony Stark. The uh, the movies, listener, not the comics. Yeah. Um, but, oh, I uh, don't like. I've only seen. Iron Man three fully that one time that we watched it together. Oh wow! Well, the ten, and the ten rings and the, the Mandarin. I've seen the first two like twice. Yeah, maybe. the the mm. ten rings and the Mandarin show up in Iron Man three as well. Um, and of course, there's the wonderful bait and switch, which I I thought was great. I know a lot of other. I people, love it, but people, some people don't like it. Right. So it's... I, I thought it was wonderful. Um, but in both cases, um, you know, we're we're given a fake. Uh, Mandarin in the form of of Trevor Slattery, and then uh, we're we're the great Ben Kingsley. The great God, he's, he's so, good. so good in that role. He's I so fucking good. love uh, it. <laughs> it's like, let me guess. They they offered you to get you off the drugs. No, said they'd give no, me they offered me more. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and then um, Oscar winner Ben Kingsley. I forget that he's in these, so he's in these fucking movies. Uh, oh, so good. Uh, then I was doing things that uh, no two ways about it a man shouldn't do in public. Um, uh, but anyway, and then, and then, you know, Guy Pierce is revealed to be the real Mandarin, but then in the Marvel one shot, um, uh, it turns out the real Mandarin comes after Trevor Slattery in prison and we never see him. We just know that he's pissed that his name yeah. has been dragged. Through that the was the last we've kind of heard. And it, it seems like it could, like, it seems like a retcon in, in a way, just cause like, I know people really didn't like that the Mandarin wasn't, you know, really the Mandarin or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I, but, I see it as a way for also for them to keep their, the door open for anything because they have so many movies that they have to continue to expand mm-hmm. upon. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't yeah. want to kill anybody off unless you really need to. Um, like they did with Killmonger. Well, yeah, but I mean, they, yeah, I mean, they, they, I don't know. That was, that was a meaningful death. <laughs> I have heard people talk about having him come back to play Black Panther. He's like the only one that they're, everyone's like, oh, having Michael B. Jordan come back and like be the Black Panther would be like the only way. And I'm like, no, you should have Shuri become the Black Panther Which like she, she does she in does. the comics. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I've seen a lot of people say like, bring him back and make him good. And I was like, then you're kind of... You're pissing all the over the movie. Character. <laughs> You're also pissing all over the legacy of the first film, which was excellent. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, but back to uh, Shang Chi. Let's talk um, about like the actual trailer, or are we still? Is there still more we know about the character? Well, just just that um, that there's there's already deep roots within the the, mm-hmm. the, the existence of you. But uh, I mean, yeah, Amy, let's let's hear your impressions on the trailer. I'm stoked. Mm-hmm. Although. I, there was, like, the Aquafina bits. You see her in the trailer, friends with him, up until those last, like, five seconds on the bus where she's like, who are you? And I just felt like it was kind of a little out of place. No, I, I took that to mean, like, if you're friends with Bruce Wayne for a long time and then you see him do Batman shit and you're like, who the hell are you? You know, like, okay. I, I, that's how yeah. I took that to mean. Okay. Yeah, because it does seem like, so a lot of this... Uh, 
mirrors, I would say, like uh, Batman in the League of Shadows, mm-hmm. um, in that he, you know, is a trained from a young age. He's like trained to be this like ninja dude. Yeah, and then he like goes away for a little bit, and then he's got to like come back for whatever you know, whatever. And he the goes film. away and gets soft, like lives a normal person yeah. life, mm-hmm. and is it like a valet? I mean, it seemed like that yeah. was his. Uh, um, that was his job. He yeah, was just, like living like a decent life, but like not. You know, the high, you know, not, not, I suppose, what you would think a trained assassin. Yeah, not, not achieving would do. the things that he ought to have. Yeah. The training sequences in the trailer, though, did um, remind me a little bit of the training sequences from Doctor Strange. Mm. Although it was more like Doctor Strange was more of like the focusing his energy and stuff, and this one was more of like the martial arts thing. But I don't know, it just felt a little yeah. reminiscent of like him. Going to this like almost a temple, I guess yeah. Yeah. it's a temple mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. kind it's, of learn. There's, and that's it actually it, gave me more. Um, it it gave me more Kill Bill vibes. Uh, Kill Bill mm, Volume Two, especially yeah. him putting with his yeah. fist with in the, the thing. Yeah, with yeah. the put, yeah mm-hmm. that that yeah. specifically, I'm like ah. Oh, it's been so long since I've watched Kill Bill Two. Like, oh, that that training montage is seared into my brain, it's, and it's such a good payoff for her being oh, in the it's coffin. So good. You know, oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah. it's such, uh, oh, but okay. um, yeah, I I I I kind of felt like it very much um, felt like. Uh, Marvel saying, hey, all right, so we've done sci-fi movies, we've done spy thrillers, we've done you know traditional superhero films, let's try our hand at sort of traditional-looking martial arts films, you know, like mm-hmm. the, yeah. the wire work yeah. martial arts films. And there's that one scene in there that's beautiful. I mean, it's like, it's, it's Marvel beauty, but, you know, mar- old-school martial arts wire work type filmmaking. Um, and, I, I mean, I think it looks, I think it looks very cool. Um, I'm, I'm the action looks really, really good. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm super interested. And it looks like so. There's, there's, um, there's somebody who did a, a number of really wonderful essays that you can find. They're a few years old now. A guy called Tony Zhao, and the series is called Every Frame of Painting. Yeah. And uh, he did one on uh, the difference between the fight choreography on like Jackie Chan's films and, and other movies like that, um, like Chow Yun Fat. Uh, and um, like the Hong Kong films, the Hong Kong films, and then the uh, action choreography in American films, mm-hmm. and and how part of the uh, excitement and the sort of momentum of the fights in those Hong Kong films are uh, a direct result of the people in them actually doing everything and knowing how to fight yeah, the versus work. yeah well, versus like American action films are all about the editing yes exactly and a lot of times uh they when he talks about how the timing between hits and cuts on the hit kind of limits some of that impact Mm -hmm. um and and then he even shows stunts that were taken almost shot for shot from the hong kong films action films and redone in american films for american ones yeah and and how the the urgency and the danger is limited because of the editing it's over edited Mm -hmm. um and uh and so what i'm kind of excited about this film hopefully is that we'll get to see maybe uh, a a return to the form of that kind of filmmaking for these fight scenes because we saw that just like in the bus in that bus scene Mm -hmm. you know that there's these wider sequence yeah these wider that's what i know it's it's a lot long take wide shots Mm -hmm. where there's not a lot of cutting in or like you know cutting away yeah um which is more traditional mm-hmm. of the martial art action films from Hong Kong. Yeah. And so that that is exciting because in these Marvel films, like, 
it is a lot of editing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? like mm-hmm. there's some there's some really good action. Like yeah. I, just speaking of Marvel, like the second to last episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, that was you know, great. That, 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 that it starts fight off. Scene. It starts off with a mm-hmm. really good fight scene, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of editing in that too. Yeah, and you know that it's not like Anthony Mackie and. Uh, and Sebastian, Sebastian Stan, Stan and, and, and um, Kurt Russell's what's son. Kurt Russell's son. No, White <laughs> Russell. White Russell. Russell. Yeah. yeah, not them doing the, you know, the actual moves, um, but the way that it's cut together is it's still presented as a, it's a visceral fight for sure. Yeah. And it, it's definitely, you know, in, in a way that like a lot of people have levied this criticism on MCU films overall, oh, wow, like the action is like, you know, is bland or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's a Which very you Americanized could, action. Yeah, you could disagree, or you could agree or disagree. I think there's equal merit there. Mm-hmm. But, like, you can do it well. But I am excited to see Marvel sort of do the traditional, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Hong Kong wire work act, like we, we were talking about. I, I think that would be pretty cool. And just from the trailers, it already looks pretty cool. It does yeah. look really cool. I like that they're, like, especially with this phase, I think they're on phase four now, right? I believe that's right. They're, like, they're really expanding their their genre because mm-hmm. like yeah now they're going the new, into horror the next, films yeah like the yeah, next like doctor strange is going to be a horror film and, I, and 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 they haven't talked about it uh really at all but whenever we start hearing about uh mahershala ali's blade film you know mm. that's going to be a horror inspired yeah. film as well i mean just i feel like i feel like it's gotta be it's so weird because it's gotta be rated r i don't know right? how they're not gonna do it r but I don't know how they're not going to do it R, but it's also, yeah. he's supposed to be a part of the MCU proper, which is like, has no R, yeah. you know, uh, characters, like, mm-hmm. you know, properties in there. Yeah. As of the moment. Um, so, it, it would be interesting, because if it was a PG-13 movie, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I think it's going to, if it's PG-13, I think it's going to bomb. Really? Honestly. I think, I think, I, yes, specifically because Blade, Blade, the first Blade, yep. is so just monumental. And I was actually... Uh, I watching love this the second video. blade too. I really oh the second blade is yeah. great. Uh, but I was I was watching a video about like how that first blade movie was like the first real mm-hmm. like comic book mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, and it was a big hit. It was a big hit. It wasn't X Men. X Men's yeah. the one that actually like mm-hmm. propelled all the studios to be like, yeah. oh, we can make a lot of money. But like the way when you go back and watch that now, considering that it came before like everything that we know, and it's so it sort of like fits pretty. Not perfectly, but well Mm -hmm. into like what we our idea of superhero movies are now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, Uh, I think it does a lot of stuff there, and so and so I think Blade should be rated R. If it's not rated R, I think it's gonna have a problem. But that's just my take. I mean, it it could be a really hard PG thirteen. You know, like like Dark Knight. I remember a lot of people after Dark Knight came out being very upset that it was PG thirteen. Like parents groups, you know, complaining Um. like this is a brutal movie, and it's like. But it's not. Uh, There's just really good sound design, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like, I I feel like they could... I mean, I think we'll get a sense of what Marvel's willing to do with um, the Doctor Strange sequel. Yeah, I mean, you never know. Blade could be... Because it it doesn't even have a director on IMDb. It literally just has Mahershala Ali Mm -hmm. and a writer. That's all it needs. And, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just tell me it's Mahershala Ali and I'm there. Um, But I feel like... Because it's so far out right now mm-hmm. that Marvel could be moving in the direction of having rated R films because their audience is kind of growing up with these the series, so they're leaning into 
that kind of age group where they would be rated our age to go see a movie, but also like people like us who would like to see something like that. I I have the sense that Marvel will stay with PG-13, but are just deciding how far they want to push PG-13. Mm-hmm. You know? I can see that. I mean, yeah. I mean, it is strange that they own Deadpool now and Deadpool... That one, I've, I've heard, will remain Yeah, okay. Yeah, that is... Fe- Feige did say... Hard. That that it would be R rated. I mean, that wouldn't you know the the, the Disneyfication of Deadpool yeah. wouldn't change. But that's it. also I feel like it's going to be separate from the MCU bubble. Correct. Yeah. Or, or which kind of sucks because you'd want to see it. It. I think it'll be separate from. I think what they'll do is because Deadpool is a, a unique character. I think then that whatever whatever they do in a third Deadpool film. Um, they're just going to make fun of Marvel being sometimes regular Marvel and still sometimes Fox, you know, like yeah, he's going to be I like, mean, whoa, am I in a different universe or something like is that? It, it's going to be still under the 20th century banner though. Yeah. But it's, but I think, but now they'll be able to pull in other things like before yeah. in the first Deadpool, they had to kind of, uh, tap dance around the fact that the, that the, uh, climax occurs, uh, near one of the abandoned helicarriers from mm-hmm. Winter Soldier. And um, now they won't have to do that. I think there'll be like direct nods to things. Yeah, in That'd universe be interesting. Nods. I mean, yeah, it's. I'm interested to see. I mean, I just, I just need more Marvel. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting it. I'm getting my dose of it with uh, the the shows. The yeah. WandaVision There's, was great. By the time this episode airs, though, it'll be the last episode we'll have aired. And then we'll have yes. to wait. And then we'll have Loki. A couple months for Loki. Yeah. Yeah. A couple months. I thought it was like. I thought it was coming, like, right after. No, because Bad Batch is coming in two weeks, May 4th. And then I think they're using Bad Batch as a buffer between Falcon Winter Soldier and Loki. Interesting. Um, But I will say what's kind of cool is, you know, we have the Black Widow solo film to look forward to again. Mm -hmm. Um, That's coming out in June. Hopefully in theaters, um, you know. And then, um, and then Shang Chi in September. Yeah. Uh, which is so it kind of fe- and 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 that one, I feel like that film also. I was I heard about it. I was excited about it, and then I didn't realize that they had started working on it. You know. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden there's a trailer and the movie doesn't feel that far off and it's, it's sort of a, a really pleasant surprise. Yeah, I mean, Joe, your perception time was already pretty off, but I think That's the true. past year has made it even more off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is fair. Definitely. Although, although I think. Uh, uh, we will continue to um, wait an eternity for an Eternals trailer. Hmm. Yeah. Because that's got to be coming out soon, too. And, I mean, that's going to be a huge one, especially because Chloe Zhao is, like, she's, like, top to be winning Best Picture and Best Director on Sunday. Yeah, and she's she's kind of a, a weird choice for that movie, but uh, an interesting choice. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love Nomadland. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, it's a great film, and... I'm interested to see what she does because that's the only film of hers that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm very excited to because that's again Eternals is like I ha- I have like a rough idea, but we're mm-hmm. we're very mm-hmm. much so into unknown territory in a really exciting way. Yeah, yeah. I just know that it's like uh, oh, and this is leading me into something else that I thought of just now. But it's kind of a, it's the only thing that I can really think of is it's an not another Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's like another group like well, the Guardians of the a, Galaxy. It's a cosmic. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. it's much more uh, in it, gods and big, big mythological figures. Yeah, the the classic Jack Kirby, immortal type mm-hmm. characters. Yeah, it actually uh, well, it reminds me. Speaking of 
Eternals. It just reminds me. I don't know if you guys saw the news that uh, Ava DuVernay's like um, or, her DC um, movie got cut. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. God damn it! Why am I losing? Why am I blanking on the name? Um, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about too, but I didn't. I don't remember the name off the top. Of new my Gods. Head. New no, Gods. That's not. Was that it? New Gods. No. I think it's New well, Gods. Well, there's the New Gods, and then. Uh, yeah, that movie with uh, speaking of Jack Kirby and celestial beings mm-hmm. um, was very similar to what Eternals is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So interesting that that got canceled because everybody everybody kind of got passed back and forth. Well, I mean, between Jack DC Kirby and specifically. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's why there's like he Thanos left. and yeah. Darkseid. And they're both kind of like mm, you guys are similar. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, my thought, my another train of thought is we can stay on the Marvel train. And talk about the fact that James Gunn announced a Guardians holiday special that he finished writing today. Oh yeah, they they announced that it was going to happen uh, a while at ago, that, but yeah, um, at that Disney celebration. Yeah, but I didn't realize that he's finished writing it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he posted on Twitter. I meant to send you guys the tweet, but I I completely, saw it. I completely I James got, Gunn on Twitter. forgot about yeah. it and only remembered when I mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, yeah, that he tweeted um, just the the cover of the the screenplay, and it was written by oh god, what did I say? James Little Fairy or Little Elf Gun? Long or something Elf. Like, long Elf <laughs> Gun. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. He's a, he's a busy man who uh, sure is. Just I'm I'm and put me down in front of anything he's he's produced. I mean, and I'll be Suicide much. Squad comes out soon. And, or and the then, Suicide Squad comes out soon. And then also his uh, John Cena solo TV series, Peacemaker, Peacemaker TV yeah. series. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, they've double yes. double down for me, mm-hmm. John Cena and James Gunn. Yeah, so that'll be cool. Um, but I don't know. So I don't, Amy. Do we want to go from the comics of today to the comic of yesterday? Oh, that's yesteryear. A, that's a little bit better of a transition than the the intro that I had to this. I was gonna make an Oscar joke. Oh, I thought you were gonna go with like a man in the yellow hat. No, not George of the Jungle's human, Dick Tracy. No, I was gonna say, and the movie we're talking about today is Rules Don't Apply. Oh wait, there was a mistake with the envelope. We're actually talking about Dick Tracy. Mm. I was gonna make a oh a, a, a war and beady thing. Okay, that was a long dad. time ago. That that is a stretch. I uh, well, that went timely. The Oscars when this episode comes out happened yesterday, but for us it happens in a couple days. As as somebody who does not pay attention to the Oscars, I had no idea what on earth you were talking about. So I was just <laughs> nodding. Politely. I had to reach for it. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I was very confused. Yeah, it, it's from like but, what three years ago, Moonlight, La La Land. We know, thing. we get it. I, I, but I, I mean, recall that. But yeah, it was. Yeah, I honestly forget that Warren Beatty is even. Yeah, a person. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. He's not a fixture in the films that I grew up with, aside from Dick Tracy. Honestly, yeah. Like, well, uh, you guys have both seen this before. Yes, I many have not times. seen this movie. I have not seen this movie. Had before. you had you heard of it? Had you no. seen any bits of it? I have seen no. I I had seen the. The I remember seeing the uh, VHS cover in video stores. Mm, it's a very striking mm-hmm. cover. Yeah, it is. It's the you know it's the it's the yellow and the hat and, and it's the, all the gun. It's all like primary yeah. colors. It looks very black noir. Background. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I remember seeing it and being like, also it's got the word dick on it, which is hilarious. <laughs> as a kid. So um, you know, so I remember seeing it a lot as a kid, and, but I didn't know what it was. I vaguely knew that Al Pacino was in it, mm. just because I knew who Al Pacino mm-hmm. was and I knew that he was in the movie. Mm-hmm. But besides that, I had n- no context for it. Yeah. Yeah, I I knew nothing about it. I knew I kind of started hearing about it a couple of years ago, more of just like a pop culture periphery thing. Mm. Um, and the fact that people make fun of it because it's a 
big flop, but it was like supposed to be huge. Mm-hmm. It was like a huge deal. Yeah. I and then the poster because it has like such a very primary color noir feel. It reminded me a little bit of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. I don't know. Like, and that's as far as I can get. I can't like figure out why it reminds me of Roger Rabbit, but it just. I associate it with. I, who I mean, they're both rabbit. based on like '40s or '30s characters, right? Yeah, yeah. and I, and I vaguely recall. Um, there's a, I think there's a kid in it, and there's mm-hmm. one of his outfits, or maybe the what he wears for the whole movie. I don't know. Kind of looks Roger Rabbity. Um, okay. But I, 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 I mean, I haven't seen sure. anything. Like I haven't seen any stills from this. I've no only trailers. Seen nothing. No trailers. Nope. Just wow. that that cover, that blue yeah, poster. Much. I mean, the thing is, is you know, when it came out, I was five. When it came mm-hmm. out, you guys had maybe only just been born. Uh, I when was born. Come Johnny out? was not. June fifteenth. You oh, still yeah. had a couple months. In the nineties. <laughs> he wasn't yeah, quite no, done yet. Nineteen ninety. No, I was not. Um, Definitely. Yeah, I was like, I was literally a month and. Almost eight days old. Yeah, you weren't watching movies quite yet. Um, uh, but yeah. yeah, so Joe, what's your experience with this? Just but you just saw it when you were five. I uh, did. I know I did. Or was it like a cherished childhood movie? It was a movie that uh, I don't think I ever owned, but it was on television a lot. And mm-hmm. whenever it was on mm. television, I watched it. Yeah, um, it seems like a, a kind of a TBS movie. It. it yeah. Um, it's very much so a movie that I think. Um, owes a, a lot of its existence to the Tim Burton Batman. That mm-hmm. sh- that movie kicked off a lot of other types of comic book comic properties. Book properties yeah. Because uh, hmm. that, that was one of the biggest films. 80, Batman 89 was one yeah. of the biggest films of that year. And possibly the 80s in general. Like uh, I, I don't know if it's top That's 10 or to top say. 20, but it was a huge movie of the time. Mm-hmm. And, and so it... it, it kickstarted a lot of other things uh dick tracy i think owes it a a big debt for being made i seem to recall um that uh, because it's kind of got the same sort of impressionistic thing that tim burton often goes for you know the Mm -hmm. sort of heightened reality thing um Mm. i believe danny elfman did the score for uh for dick tracy and and obviously batman kind of you know it was Wee's big adventure and beetlejuice made people aware of Danny Elfman outside of Oingo Boingo, but then Batman really cemented him as like a film composer, as a filmmaker, composer, um, film mm-hmm. composer. And uh, and then I also recall, and I think it was also 1990, um, that uh, the TV series The Flash came out with John Wesley Shipp, which also had kind of a similar, uh, you know, color washed look. I always meant Tracy. to go back and watch that because it's, when he was on like The Flash, yeah. like the new, like mm-hmm. the new. CW one mm-hmm. never did. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, I watched that also growing up and loved it. Um, and again, the the theme to the the Flash TV series composed by Danny Elfman. Mm-hmm. And again, they 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 both they they all kind of aimed for that same heightened reality Tim Burton comic book world mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. look and feel. Um, but it was a movie that was always on TV. I think I liked it because it was sort of eye catching and it was different and. But I, I only remembered bits and pieces of it, and um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just because it was a complex movie that went over my head, or I was only paying attention to the visuals. I, you know, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, at five to like what ten, five to ten, you probably were only looking at the visuals and the and listening to the music. Because I remember mm-hmm. really liking the music. That's always been a big part of my movie enjoyment. Is, is and film I mean, scores. sound is an extremely massive part of a film. Yeah. 
and and our memories and our feelings too. Mm-hmm. Uh, song, a song, it's a hearing and smell, right? A song or a smell or something can take mm-hmm. you right back to a specific moment in time. Um, but yeah, so this was a movie that was on TV a lot, and I watched it a lot on television. I and um, and 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 I remember bits and pieces. Um, but that's it. Oh, okay. Well, I am interested to see if this is really a flop. Yeah. Hmm. Let's let's check. Find it out. out. <laughs> Before we watch the movie, a quick word from our sponsors. And now our feature presentation. And we're back. Mm, Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy. This Detective is a weird movie. Tracy. It you is a weird. You know that movie. Dick is short for. Detective. Well, it's slang for detective. I mean, it's, it's slang yeah. for detective. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He yeah. was originally the comics were originally called Plain Clothes Tracy, and then somebody was like, "No, no, no, Dick Tracy." Get you know, a dick in there. The Put a reason, dick in there. The only reason I know that Dick is short, like, is a slang for, term for detective, is because of a podcast with Lisa Simpson. Oh, really? Yeah. Yardley Smith, um, yeah. Yardley Smith hosts a podcast called Small Town Dicks, where she talks to actual detectives in small towns and they like tell stories of like insane crimes that they have covered and stuff it's it's mm. a really good podcast if you're into true crime which i'm obsessed with true crime but I, that's the only reason i know <laughs> i seem to recall uh i want to say it's the first ace ventura film where somebody calls him a private dick <laughs> and 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 yeah i think i remember that yeah because it's and, and i remember it like at the time being like oh <gasps> <laughs> you know, when I was young, and then and then and then being told no 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 that's slang for detective. Yeah, I think I just I just born with that knowledge. I just mm-hmm. knew it. And mm-hmm. I was yeah. just like oh, yeah, same with gumshoe, gumshoe. Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which I think yeah. It, it like that that really stood out to me when the kid like literally his name is the kid. Mm-hmm. His so name's I have kid. fun facts about the kid, but he names himself Detective Tracy Jr. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he only did that because he was like oh Dick Tracy. That's that's a cool name. I mean, if you it, it is despite it being kind of silly, you know, it mm. is a cool name. Yeah, <laughs> it's got a it's got a punch to it, you know. I mean, yeah. But but back to Johnny's uh, initial impression, it is a weird movie. It's so weird. Yeah, but you know is. what? It got you know what? I got a lot of. Um, I liked it. I liked it. Um, it reminded me. I got a heavy, uh, the mask yeah. vibes. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I understand that. The mask is sort of a parody of Dick, not of the actual character, but like of the nineteen forties yeah. comic yeah. panel gangsters mm-hmm. and hoods. Mm-hmm. You know, well, and I mean, and, like the like, there's that scene in the mask where he's dancing with Cameron Diaz, and he's wearing that yellow zoot suit. That's true, and it is so reminiscent of the trench and yellow hat that Dick Tracy wears. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I, was, I didn't yeah. think about it either until you oh, just not, mentioned the mask. Not, not only just that, I mean, it's the whole the backgrounds, the visualization, the, like, the, mat, the, yes. the visual, yeah, yeah the the matted mm-hmm. stuff, um, the music cues, mm-hmm. um, all of it, it. It's very. I like. I don't know. When did this movie come out? Ninety. Nineteen ninety. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this one came out before. So yeah. So it, it's obvious. I feel like the influence on the mask is is pretty. You could tell. It's weird. It's a weird movie. I never like I don't know I never like really got a sense of like what it's uh, about or like what it you know it's a very diffused kind of uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, roundabout like Al Pacino of a plot. is trying to just he's trying to have like a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, he's trying to build a crime empire. 
Yeah, I, and by having like underground casinos, and then this Dick is supposed Tracy, to be like a like the what year is this supposed? To, does it actually ever I say? I never. I think it's say. supposed to be like it's the forties, right? Or thirties during like prohibition. Uh, is it? Because, like, everybody's drinking, even the cops. Well, I mean, like, a Prohibition-esque type thing. Because I feel like, especially that first time they go to the bar, like, after Al Pacino has won the bar over, Mm -hmm. and they have, like, all of the casino tables and the walls, like, flip. That feels very, like, a... This whole movie feels like a caricature, caricature of 1950s, 40s, 50s noir to me. And that just felt like a caricature moment of what would happen in Prohibition, mm-hmm. but with casinos. It's like a speakeasy casino instead of a yeah, speakeasy, that, that kind of regular thing. speakeasy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could see that. It definitely, it's got that post-war vibe. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, and that fits with the, the era of the comic. The, uh, I, there was one thing I was thinking because uh, pretty much all of the, we, I think we have to take a, a minute to talk about the the, the number of characters wearing prosthetics. Yes. Yeah, I love those. It is. They yeah, look I mean, so cool. It's uh, I, I almost wanted to be like, uh, I almost wanted to say like, hey, Dick Tracy, just look for everybody that's got a funny face. They're a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Or a funny way of talking, like Dustin Hoffman. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. which. By the way, there was one point in the film, I think it was the second time that they go and talk to him, I was like, he looks like Tom Cruise in Collateral. The way the light's shining on him. And well, they did like play his... brothers in Rain Man. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's the way, like, his he had his gray hair, and it's like, that's the only time I've seen Tom Cruise with, like, gray hair is in mm. Collateral. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, I was just like, wow. That was a fine film, Collateral. Oh, it's a great movie. I love it. I love movie. it. So good. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I, I, I think there was a... It's, it's kind of... Um, brave i think especially for 1990 now you could get away with it but in 1990 yeah. to have so many big stars and to oh, hide so them many. you know under, under yeah, yeah. that under much makeup um, yeah. is actually kind of impressively brave uh mm. for a movie because i think there's only like two really really big stars especially for 1990 that were not covered in prosthetics not including like Warren Beatty, Madonna, yep. and Mandy Patinkin. You know, so I, I I hadn't realized that Mandy Patinkin was in this film until we until watching it this time. Wait, who's Mandy Patinkin? He was Patinkin? the Eighty Eight Keys, the piano player. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's weird. Yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. That's Mandy Patinkin. Like, <laughs> that's what Mandy Patinkin looks like when he is not Indigo Matoya. I was like, yeah, I only know him as that guy. <laughs> yeah. so. I mean, I uh, spent a lot of time in college watching. Criminal Minds. Oh, I thought you said I spent a lot of time in college. I, was like, well, <laughs> I did. Okay. I spent an extra the two years plan. in college. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like Mandy Patinkin is in the first uh, season of Criminal Minds, and he looks exactly like that now, except just a little bit older. Mm-hmm. And Mandy Patinkin also has the most amazing TikTok ever, and especially around the election year, he and his wife would post these wonderful get out and vote TikToks that hmm. I just. My sister would send them, send me one new one every day. They're, they were amazing. That's that's fascinating. Interesting. You know what? Um, something that caught me by surprise. Um, I really liked Madonna in this film. Um, yeah. I I don't think I've. I don't think I've ever seen her act. Uh, yeah, me neither. I'm trying other, to. Only think. other time that I can think of her um, in an acting role was a pretty small, uh, um, small role in Die Another Day. I think the last Pierce Brosnan James Bond film. Oh, well, she, you lost me. I've only seen two James Bond movies. Oh, uh, well. But that's she was, not one uh, of the ones to see if you're looking to branch out. It's not. Well, going. I have a list on. My, I have a list. I'm. I have a list of every 
every James Bond movie, and I'm going to watch them all at some point. All right, well, then you'll get to her. Um, mm. uh, 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 but, yeah, she's in that. But, yeah, you're, you're right, Johnny. I think she she um, she she does – she's got kind of she, a lot um, on display here. A lot of, of heft. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Also – I've never found Madonna, Madonna particularly attractive. Except for in like, this I, film. I just, except for this movie, I was like, when she's in that, Is like... Is it because she comes out in a sheer, like, negligee? Yes. <laughs> I was, I was kind of... With thinking, her boobies out, yeah. and yeah, I was that's like... that's a note I wrote. I wrote, I thought this was a kid's movie. Why is no. Madonna walking around with her tits out? So, so I mean, yeah. uh, God bless the United States of America, as far as I'm concerned on that one. No. Um, but, uh, no, right, no. But, right, I'm with you, buddy. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Thank you, MPAA. Yeah, so so I was thinking about that because um, that happened, and I, I remembered that from when I was younger, and mm. then and then I thought ah, I must be misremembering that, mm-hmm. and then and then there it was, and I was like, no, no. I don't misremember mm-hmm. anything. Um, nope. And it's funny because you know, like you said, it's a PG film. It's a TriStar, f- uh, no, not TriStar. It's a Touchstone film, which is actually yeah, Disney. it's under Disney. the Disney umbrella. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and I and I was thinking like the 1990s were an interesting time because here's this PG film, where because I think like there's so much that you can show on regular television now that mm-hmm. makes it feel like a PG-13 today might be an R. In you still can't show boobs. Well, yeah. that's the thing. You can't show a nipple, yeah, a female you, you nipple. Can, yeah, you can show like everything but I think. But the nipple. Yeah. You could show yeah. everything around. Mm-hmm. As soon as Areola comes in, it's over. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. Yeah, which is which is. <laughs> you got to go to HBO if you want. That. <laughs> or, if you or want Areolas, you got to go to HBO <laughs> <laughs> or the internet. <laughs> uh, home box office maximum has all of the Areolas. Uh, they got dynamite. more than that, Joe. But, dynamite. Um, but uh, anyway, so, but I was thinking, because also going back to uh, Beetlejuice that I mentioned earlier, um, that's a PG film in which Michael Keaton says, says fuck. the word fuck. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, I don't, it dis- despite. Well, didn't PG-13 not come around until like. PG-13 was around like 86 or 7. It was like Indiana oh, really? Jones, wasn't it? it uh, was that was, the, Temple the of Jones? Doom was the one that kind of pushed it over the edge and they were like, yeah. listen, this shouldn't have been pg it may have needed to be R, and they didn't have anything in between. And I think yeah. Steven Spielberg was like, "Listen, we really ought to have like a PG twelve or something like that." Or, or he mm-hmm. said, he said, and then and then eventually PG thirteen came out a couple of years later. So PG thirteen mm. existed in nineteen ninety. Yeah. Um, Interesting. And, yeah. and um, um, it's just. Uh, this film it was a different time it was man. a different time but it's so funny that so that so much more is permissible on television now than was at the time and yet the movie rating system i feel like is reversed um, yeah. and and now that would that would be pg13 sort of automatically i think that mm-hmm. that outfit mm-hmm. would have been and, mm-hmm. and and some of the other shit that she says things that definitely went over my head when i was younger like when when oh, yeah. he when she comes she to the door she was horny she was i believe oh, yeah. thirsty is what the kids say yes no oh, no they don't say that uh, she was i think she was a little more than thirsty yeah she, she was, was straight up she was parched. horny <laughs> <laughs> um, cuz there's that bit when 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 he he doesn't realize it's her and he asks what kind of ice cream did you get and she says peach <laughs> fresh peach and it's running and i was like and I think I said... I did, I did say... I was like, oof. I oh, said, boy. God damn. And I said that <laughs> You were like, good God. I saw this as a child. <laughs> um, and, and actually, that sort of brings me to my point about this movie, is I think... Um, I, I don't think... Like, I'm not... I don't think I'm going to rush to watch it again. I'm not going to mm-hmm. seek it out on Blu-ray oh, if it I has I probably a, will never watch this again. I did enjoy watching it, though, but it's. I think it's imperfect. And I think mm-hmm. one of the reasons it bombed 
was because ultimately I don't know who it was for. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it, it seems like it's supposed to be a kids film, but also like family film, but also yes. like more teens slash adults. Yes, like, I feel like it was all over the place tonally and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then and then the the story like we said kind of twists and weaves but in a way that I think doesn't work. It kind of it's sort of diffuse and you're not really clear on yeah. what anybody yeah. really wants. It doesn't have a it's lot like, of momentum. Yeah. The story. It's, just sort yeah, of, it's it, like it, two hours and like 15 minutes. No. of just. Is it two hours and 15 no, minutes? No, it's not. It's like, it's, it's not? like, it's like, it's like 90 minutes. Something, I think. Yeah. It's yeah. like is 90 it, okay. minutes. I can't remember. I. It did feel long and there were it, it, commercials. Yeah. Uh, the way I watched it, there oh were yeah, I watched it on Tubi or Roku or whatever. Oh hell no! <laughs> I was not going to pay money for this movie, Johnny. I paid four dollars. <laughs> shit, four dollars. All right, like um, come on. But I've uh, never watched Tubi, Roku. Get out of here, <laughs> never. Johnny, those are the enemy. Data. It's okay. Um, but <sighs> it was, stuff, but it's a bizarre movie, and I'm not really entirely sure who it was for. I yeah. I kind of the mind boggles at what they maybe cut out to make it fit for a PG <laughs> film. If this yeah. is what was left in. Um, I mean, yeah, it is, you're right in that. Like, cause it's not an unenjoyable movie. No, I think it's got some really good parts. I think, I think the set does, I think everything, I think it, it was well made mm-hmm. and, uh, Warren Beatty produced this, right? And, he yeah, directed, and directed it. It was kind of like he a vanity it? project for him. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it was. Um, That's what like, it was like a, I have a question for you guys. So how many other of Warren Beatty's six director credits have you actually seen? I don't think I've seen anything. I know he's done, didn't he do, so he did Bullworth. Bullworth, Bull- yeah. Bullworth? Yes. Bullworth. He did Bullworth. I've seen that one. Um, didn't he do the hairdresser one? Is it, what's it called? Or shampoo. No, did he, he, do that he one? was in Shampoo. Okay, I thought he directed that one. Mm. Uh, no, he directed Heaven Can Wait, Reds, Dick Tracy, Bullworth, a Dick Tracy special. And then Rules Don't Apply, which is the movie I referenced mm. earlier, mm-hmm. which stars um, Alden Ehrenreich mm. and Lily Collins, which mm. so I actually saw film. that in theaters. And Interesting. At the time, I enjoyed myself, but only because Alden Ehrenreich was in it. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Other than that, it's not a good movie. Oh. It's, it's really not great. Mm. But it is very, like, it's kind of trying to be La La Land. Uh-huh. Wait, what are we talking about? But what movie? Rules don't apply. It's like trying to be La La Land, but not musical. And in like the 1940s, 60s ish kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah. I would not recommend watching it. But yeah, I don't, I just think the reason it also kind of bombed was just Warren Beatty's not that great of a director. Um, I don't know. I think, I don't, I, the fact, I appreciate how the film tried to imagine this comic book world. I don't think it always works. When it does work, it's there. It's really good. And I, but mm-hmm. I think sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it just comes off as garish and, and in a way that clashes um, really badly. But then there's mm-hmm. some things where it looks really good. Um, and I think that, um, you know, they took, they took a real risk on trying to make it look like the, the comic book panels, which were very much so primary colored only. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that it was a valiant effort, even if it was um, sort of a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want to start, do we, we, the, so do we want to talk about some of the, insanely long list of cast members like yeah. big cast members I, I have a feeling i have the sense that uh uh mr Beatty um called in a lot of asked favors. for favors he called, yeah. yeah he called all of his friends mm-hmm. and was like Pretty hey because there's I, I like do- there's people in here that i'm like oh why are you in here but you're like you're only in here for five seconds mm-hmm. 
I mean, even no, like no. Dustin Hoffman, you know, who's who's in yeah. there for a little bit more, but is still like, oh, wait, Dustin Hoffman? And this is, like, last week I had a long list of, um, like, recastings? fun facts. Oh. This week I have an insanely long list of recastings mm. of other big stars that could have been mm. big star like, replaced the big stars in this. Yeah, uh, well, get after it, Annie. Uh, Amy, I'm, uh, I'm curious to... Uh... Yeah, so for Lips, Gene Hackman turned down the row of Lips Manilis because he couldn't bear to be directed by Warren Beatty again after his experience on Reds. Wow. Hmm. And he would That's have, again, funny. only been in here for a very, very short time, like mm-hmm. the first 20 minutes of the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was um, uh, Paul Servino's character. Yeah. Who got okay. uh, the cement bath. Mm-hmm. Um, Pruneface producers lobbied for former President Reagan to play the role of Pruneface, oh. but it was nixed by Warren Beatty. Mm. Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, Tess, his girlfriend, was originally... Sean Young was originally cast as Tess, but fired after a few days of filming. That's a, that's a recurring thing with her. Yeah, because she accused publicly accused Beatty of firing her because she wouldn't sleep with him. Though um, Deborah Ruff, who played... She's the little kid's mom. like um, The kid's mom. The, the kid, yeah. yeah. The kid who plays kid? The kid who plays <laughs> the kid, the kid who is also the son in Hook. Yeah. Later disputed that, saying that the rumor was she had become too demanding and just decided, they decided not to put up with it. Beatty issued a statement saying, I made a mistake casting her, and he felt bad about it. So, well, a little bit of a conflicting story there, but God knows, I would, maybe go, both I would things, go with the mom. I was going to say, maybe both things were true. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Warren Beatty's kind of a scumbag. Is he? It's Hollywood. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> he just seems like a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, nice. This is one that I really, really would have loved to see, but I don't know how it would have worked. For Mumbles. Mm. According to his autobiography, comedian Gilbert Gottfried was nearly cast <laughs> in the role of Mumbles based on his distinctive voice. He was perplexed that he and Dustin Hoffman would even be considered for the same role, joking that the only way our names would appear together in the same Hollywood conversation would be in the sentence, I've seen Gilbert Gottfried's acting, and he's no Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> oh, I thought he was going to say that if they, like, died in a car crash together. <laughs> <laughs> that would make them, like, friends, though. Oh, uh, no, they could be in separate cars. Oh, no. they just crashed they were into just each dr- other? Yeah, they were. Yeah. Um, the kid, this one I would have liked to see as well. Macaulay Culkin was considered for the role of the kid, but turned it down as he preferred to do Home Alone over this. Which was a good choice. Yeah, very good choice. Good choice. That's O'Hara. a smart kid. That's a smart kid. <gasps> yeah, so I saw I Catherine O'Hara. Catherine but O'Hara, I didn't... who played Culkin's mother in Home Alone, had a cameo as Texie Garcia, and I remember seeing her name in the cast list, but I don't remember that. Same. I, I don't. I, I don't. I, when the movie, when her. the credits were rolling, I was like, "Well, wait a minute, she was in this." And I, yeah. Wait a minute. I did yeah. notice Kathy Bates though in a blanket, and yes, you'll miss it. Yes, she was at like, like I had to look up. I was like, "Is that Kathy Bates?" Yeah, for a minute, because mm. it happened. And I was like, "Was that Kathy Bates?" And then she never came back. And I was like, "Nah." And then she was nah. there. Yeah, like again, that's like a huge star that it has like a throwaway part. Mm-hmm. Dick Van Dyke has a very like he's in this more than Kathy Bates, but he still has kind of a. A small role as well. Mm-hmm. Hey, Amy, there are no small roles, only small actors. Ew. Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> yeah, he's not tall. <laughs> um, for Breathless Mahoney, 
Kim Basinger, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Sharon Stone were, confider- were considered for the role, and Samantha Fox auditioned. I don't know who Samantha Fox is, but the other three... I don't either, but Kim Basinger, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Sharon Stone are huge. It's funny that it would be Vicki Vale, uh, Catwoman, and then Sharon Stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they uh, all lost to Madonna. <laughs> well, I think it's because there were so many singing parts mm. in this. Yeah. I don't I mean, know yeah. how all, th- in all three of them were, are as singers. I mean, I but know... But Madonna is a singer by trade. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, is, uh, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer... I mean, they're all they're all so good, you kind of don't want them to also be good singers on top of it. Yeah. Um, It'd be like, you're a triple threat, go like, away. Yeah. Um, although it's funny, so the... Uh, I, I don't know if either of you spotted this, I'm sure you did, that uh, all of the original songs were written by Stephen Sondheim, mm-hmm. um, who I, I don't love. Uh, I'll be honest now, listener. Um, come at me. But um, I'm not a fan of Sondheim. He's really. more of a Rodgers and Hammerstein guy. How does your, how does your musical theater wife take that? Um, honestly, she's with me on Sondheim. <laughs> um, it was actually one of the things, like, early on in dating. I was like, all right, if you like musicals, <laughs> where do you fall on Sondheim? Um, and, uh, but, but she, we were watching, she watched some of it with me. Mm-hmm. And, um, Had she seen it before? No. No, mm-hmm. this, and this movie was kind of perplexing to her as well. Oh, I would imagine yeah. if, especially if she only watched like bits of it, I would imagine this movie so fucking I would yeah. have been like so confused. Um, but, uh, but she did see, uh, initially she got kind of excited because the opening credits say, you know, original songs by Stephen Sondheim. And she goes, is this a musical? Like she got, like I saw it like <laughs> yeah. pop up, you know? Um, but, uh, uh, but she, 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 she said that uh, she didn't think Madonna actually did a very good job in it. In terms of uh, in terms of the singing, yeah. Oh, maybe I, I don't know. Yeah. I just thought she was good as the, the femme fatale, as yes. like the yeah. Uh, yeah. relative to the film. She kind yes. of every time Madonna walked into a scene, uh, I feel like the movie kind of the, the 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 careful balance of the movie tipped way in her favor every time. You know, mm-hmm. like she just owned well, I, every I feel, scene because she feels like really just. I mean, I think all the actors, the principal actors, like really, they feel like these characters would only exist in this world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like Madonna's performance is really good because it feels like it could only, like in any other movie, it would be a very terrible performance. Yeah. yeah. But but in this movie, it works well and it works so well. Like it's th- exactly what, what this movie kind of, ne- mm-hmm. not needs, but what, what you, would you expect what of you a character? Want from, from, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. And yeah. maybe also because she's like one of the few recognizable faces. Cause everyone else is pretty much covered up. Yeah. Like Al Pacino is still Al Pacino. Like the first five seconds you get screaming Al Pacino. Although I mean, that's yeah. all he does in this movie, which I felt yeah. like was kind of that's a shame. That's all he does in a lot of movies, Joe. <laughs> no, I mean, there's levels to it. There's I mean, levels. there's levels to it. To it, but I mean, obviously, Pacino depends on the movie. When you think but, Al Pacino, you great ass screaming. <laughs> yeah, he. I, I felt like it was. He was. I think he didn't have a sense of the character, so we just decided to go for screaming and hope that that. Yeah, he just much. decided to do his default. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Speaking of Al Pacino, there is one moment where he looks like Dick Van Dyke when they're in that like the bridge house. Um, the way the light's shining on him, he looks like the old Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. Like, just because he's, like, hunched over and his face is kind of, like, all shriveled up. Yeah. I was surprised to see Dick Van Dyke in this film, though. Because um, I didn't remember that at all. Yeah. I saw, I, I was, like, watching this and watching the opening credits. And I'm like, wait, Dick Van Dyke? Mm-hmm. Like, what? I feel <laughs> like if the movie, 
if the story had been more concise and had more momentum, I think I would have really liked this movie. And if it had decided it wanted to be uh, like a like a grown up movie, you know, yeah. like because yeah. I don't think I really don't think that it had anything to do with anything that a kid would like. Um, uh, is somebody, somebody got fast Somebody's and drag racing outside out there? No, the there's an asshole that does donuts outside of our fucking building every once in a while. Jeez. He's, oh, how? I does, almost uh, always get hit whenever I leave your place. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. It happens every once in a while. Like, it's the same asshole in a fucking same car. He fucking just does donuts in the middle of the intersection. Wow. Um, yeah, he's a real dick. I, I keep it like I want to like throw something at him from like my balcony. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's illegal. It is illegal. Yeah, don't yeah. do that. Um, or if you do it, don't don't say you're gonna don't do get it on caught a podcast, <laughs> on a podcast. Don't worry, we have one listener, and I'm pretty sure he's not a cop. Um, but um, but I was gonna say like I feel like if this movie, you know, the same kind of heightened reality take, with all of the crazy, you know, uh, uh, deformed villains, the whole thing. Deformed faces. Um, but do it basically as the Untouchables, you know, serious gangster mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. I think it mm-hmm. actually would have been really, really good. I, I actually the direction I thought it was kind of going, and then when it didn't get there, yeah, that's. I think that's what kind of confused me about the film because mm-hmm. I, I really did walk away thinking like I liked it, but like I didn't love it yeah like, i didn't yeah. like you know yeah. it's like it's i liked just it a, a middling feeling it just didn't quite get yeah. there it's like somebody trying mm-hmm. to do a pull-up but only getting halfway <laughs> i think so it's because like doing a pull-up <laughs> maybe because maybe because it, it, it in my mind it, it so closely resembles the mask mm-hmm. and in the mask mm-hmm. where i feel like it mask does achieve yeah sort of all these things that this movie yeah, is kind of trying to do mm-hmm. mask goes all in no yeah. Hold yeah i mean it even honestly there's 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 trace amounts or whiffs of the um, the shadow, the Alec Baldwin film, which I know is imperfect, but I do quite like that film. It's, you do like a, that movie, uh, a, a real special place in my heart. And that's another one that's based off of you know pulp pulp comics, nineteen thirties character, mm-hmm. uh, same kind of look, long coat, big hat, um, and uh, also in New York. And um, is this set in New York? I, well, I had no idea where no, this was even. It's I I think I think actually the cartoonist was based in Chicago, which would make mm-hmm. sense that Big Boy is like a, gangsters, yeah, very yeah. much so a Capone type. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it has it has all of these whiffs of of the shadow as well, like other which I think it's not it's not perfect, but the shadow also kind of does what it wants to do. And this movie, I feel like, didn't quite get to that point. Yeah, it doesn't achieve what it, its goal, basically, what yeah. it sets out to do. Like, yeah. it, it has a lot of potential, I feel mm-hmm. like. I feel like, especially at the time, it's just such a weird film. It's and because, very, it doesn't, yeah. because it doesn't reach it, it makes it even weirder. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And, and, and then the, the, the talent involved, I think, is also a mitigating factor in the weirdness. You know, mm-hmm. where it's like, there's all these people, clearly all this money. It's really striking and it, and it just doesn't there. quite get there. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I have uh, recastings for the director and for Dick Tracy, oh. but also some fun facts. I do have a couple of fun facts for you guys. Go for it. So do you want to do our normal order of fun facts and then recastings or continue on with those recastings? You were on a roll with recastings. Okay. So I'm going to do the director first. Um, Warren Beatty originally wanted Bob Fosse to direct, but huh. it was turned Ooh. down. Like Bob Fosse turned him down. Huh. I mean, that sort of makes sense because Bob Fosse was he's a he's a dance he's like a dancer, right? Dance choreographer, yeah. I thought. Yeah. 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 
And there's not I a think, lot of dancing in this movie. Yeah. I think they would have just done a little bit of choreography for that one scene where Al Pacino's yelling at Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Scorsese was a fan of the comic strip and considered directing at one point, but instead, but lost interest and decided to do Goodfellas instead. Another good trace. <laughs> Another also good talked about on the podcast, one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm, um, I'm actually trying to wrap my mind around a Scorsese... Uh, Scorsese oh. directed Dick Tracy. I Dick think that Tracy might movie. actually be a really good pairing. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. Scorsese then. Well, and then especially for the fact that Scorsese now just rags on comic book Yes, movies. I was thinking that too. That, that is pretty funny. Yeah. I'm going to skip this next one and come back to it at the end because it's a good one. Um, John Landis was originally hired to direct the movie, but became embroiled by trying to mount a defense in the Twilight Zone case. Yeah. On his, mm. An onset accident in a segment Vic he oversaw. Vic Yeah. Yeah. And two child actors after uh-huh. he was charged with manslaughter. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> that was really bad. That that changed. Listener, you probably know that changed how Hollywood worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a massive. Uh, that was a massive deal. Um, Richard Benjamin was also said to direct, but left direct City Heat. Hmm. So this was back. That was back in 1984. So this movie had been in pre-pro for a while. Production hell. I could see that. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a weird enough concept from. A want to say uh, sort of a, a, a source Logistics. material that is far yeah. enough afield that there wouldn't be like an immediate thirst for it to come out, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, at one stage in the film's development, Spielberg was offered to direct, hmm. and then wrapping up with the directors early in pre-production, Tim Burton was offered the chance to direct the movie, but declined because he was already in pre-pro on Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, huh. I feel like all these people that passed on this movie. Knew something. Made Went better on. things. They, 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 well, they pass specifically to make this better their, thing. And their they, 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 thing. They, the thing that they are known for. Yeah, they made they made the right choices, I think. <laughs> well, and Spielberg had already done all three Indiana Jones films, and then probably 1990 was going into pre-production on Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. So, you Had know. he done E.T. by then? E.T. was uh, in the 80s, right? Yeah. E.T. was mm-hmm. early 80s, I think. Yeah. Early to mid 80s. Um, but it would have been because he did Jurassic Park and Schindler's List back to back. So I think mm-hmm. Spielberg also made the right choice there. So get this for Dick Tracy recastings mm-hmm. James Caan, Harrison Ford, Richard Gere, Mel Gibson, Paul Newman, Robert Redford, George C. Scott, and Tom Selleck were considered. It's funny that James Caan is in the film, though. Yeah. Um, they, mm-hmm. Like he was in it. Or he was offered the role of Dick Tracy, but I think because Warren Beatty ended up doing it, mm-hmm. he they don't explain this necessarily, but James Conn ended up just doing another role. Actually, I think that might have been a fun fact. I didn't pull it. But anyways, there are two more that I think would have worked if Scorsese had directed. Mm-hmm. Robert De Niro and Jack Nicholson were offered the role of Dick Tracy. Nelson, Nicholson was committed to playing Joker in Batman already, and De Niro just flat out refused the role for fear of being typecast as a grim Hard and tough guy, similar to Travis Bickle. Huh. Interesting. Which I, Travis Bickle is one of my favorite performances of his, just because I'm obsessed with Taxi Driver. But I feel like the whole thing about Dick Tracy, though, is he's very much so the square jawed hero. Yeah. Um, which which is not typically something we see De Niro do. In fact, I think we rarely no, see him as a hero at all. No, that's the opposite of Travis mm-hmm. Bickle. Yeah. Hmm. But I feel like it would have been interesting to have one of those two in a Scorsese version of this film. Yeah. Especially because De Niro works with Scorsese so much. I assume also Joe Pesci would have been covered in various foam latex prosthetics and and told to ask people if they thought he was funny. I don't... Could could Joe Pesci sit still enough to be covered in latex? I don't know. I don't know. 
It's he he has a a dearth of uh, special effects makeup in his repertoire. I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have uh, I have actually quite a few fun facts, but there is an extensive list of fun facts on the IMDb page, but most of them because there is such an insane list of cat like talented cast. It's just a list of what actors were in other pictures with other actors in this film. Mm. So this was makeup designer John Caglione Jr.'s final design of Big Boy Caprice matches the intended design conceived by Al Pacino. Hmm. And since then, Caglione Jr. has become Al Pacino's personal makeup person on all of his films. Oh, wow. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, like, he does anything Pacino's in. Wow. Pacino initially declined credit for the film and wanted to work under the pseudonym... Um, the top souvenir magazine credits his role to Guido, I cannot pronounce this, Frascati. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Uh, yeah. And marketing was like, nope. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, you're the only reason that we will probably get people to go see this movie. I mean, yeah, because even before, even before, I didn't know, as a kid, I didn't know who Warren Beatty was. Yeah. Um, but I knew who Al Pacino was. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew he was in the movie. He was the only person, there's so many famous people in this movie. Yeah. And he's the only one that I connected to it was Al Pacino. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I had seen this as a kid, I probably would have been like, oh, Dick Van Dyke. Oh, sure. But that's because, you know, like, yeah. Mary Poppins, I'm obsessed. But mm -hmm. also maybe Madonna, because my mom listened to Madonna a little bit uh, growing up. I find that surprising. Okay, but also my I found out that my mom has, like, four Queen albums when we were going through, like, records that I'm taking whenever I go visit them. So. Well. But Queen, Queen is, I mean, the, like, Queen was, like, if you didn't, if you weren't aware of the social impact that Queen was making, um, their music, th their was, music good. was still stood up, whereas Madonna and her social impact were very much so intertwined. Um, you know, she had the sex book, she had... She's all about sex. She was kind well, of... A, my a, mom listened to, she listened well. to some surprising music before she went to country and Christian music mm -hmm. when I was in my teens. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Maybe she overloaded in all the dirty stuff when she was younger Maybe. and had to, yeah. had to get clean. Well, she, also, yeah. she was also the second youngest of five, so she had like two older brothers and an older sister mm. who mm -hmm. were really into music and stuff, so she kind of got that from them. Mm -hmm. um, this film holds the record for most Oscar wins, a comic book film for a comic book film with three wins. And this re record was later tied by Black Panther. It also held the record for most Oscar nominations for a comic book film with seven noms until Dark Knight was surpassed with eight and then surpassed later by Joker with 11. Wow. Well, hmm. I think probably because so many people worked on this that were friends, you know, like so many <laughs> yeah. high profile people. Because I feel like to some extent the Oscars are partly a reflection of, of talent and effort uh, and then the other much bigger half. <laughs> Who's your friends with? It's, it's yeah. popularity. It's a popularity mm. contest. Yeah. And I mean, like, there's so many people who win Oscars just because of all of their prior work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that Oscar they never winners won an Oscar are for. Oscar winners are like, except for Meryl Streep, who just always gets nominated and rarely wins. Yeah, like Leonardo DiCaprio was one when he won his Oscar, like, what, four, five, six years ago now? Whatever. Like, for... Um, the, the bear, yeah, the bear the, movie. The, the bear movie. Um, for the film's nationwide move, midnight premiere, moviegoers had to purchase T-shirts at the theater in advance, and printed with an admit one ticket, and the T-shirt had to be presented to gain admission. 
No tickets were to be sold at the premiere showing, but some theaters cheated and ended up selling T-shirts that evening. That's weird. That's so confusing. I feel like that's the so like this the stupidest, most unassociated way to sell and have like a gimmick. It was the '90s, all right. Nobody knew what they were doing. They were coming off the '80s coke high. Yeah, that's a very weird stipulation. <laughs> it yeah. really is. Um, I got two more. Dick Van Dyke, who only worked on the film for three days, broke his shoulder when he was shooting the scene where his character is murdered by the blank. Mm. That take was the one that was used in the film. Wow. <laughs> so poor Dick Van Dyke was on set for three days, breaks his shoulder, and it's shown on TV, just like when Viggo Mortensen broke his toe kicking a helmet. And then screams. <laughs> yeah. It gives, like, one of the most, like, heart-wrenching scenes in the film. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then the final one is one that I... It's kind of just a fun one, and I would love to just, like, look up this, but when Playmates Toys released action figures as a tie-in for the movie, they made the blank action figure where you could unmask the figure, revealing that the blank was really breathless. Because of this, the figure was pulled from store shelves in the U.S. so as not to spoil the ending of the film. So, you know, basically, they're now. Like, the stores are still... Yeah. They that is still, pretty funny, yeah. Still did that 30 years ago. However, the figure was still available in Canada, and because of this, the blank action figure is a highly sought-after toy for collectors. Figures are listed on eBay, averaging 1,000 or more in online. Wow. wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm actually kind of tempted to look up and see if they still have a unmask the blank from Dick Tracy action figures on eBay. Hmm. Very interesting. Um... That's wild. Uh, that happens a lot, though. The toys do can spoil the movie. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about this last week with Godzilla, where Fruit of the Loom like leaked a Godzilla print. <laughs> That's right, and then they and lost they're not allowed the... to print Godzilla undies anymore. Yeah, <laughs> everybody missed out on that. <laughs> yeah, that's what you needed in your life. You needed and I didn't those know it until a... fake. Fake Godzilla undies because they weren't the actual Godzilla. Yeah, in well... more ways than one. So uh, guys, what do we think, gang? Does how, this f- how does it hold up? Does it hold up? That's a really good question for this one. Um, I, I want to say that it's an excellent curiosity. Yeah. yeah. I, my, my takeaway was it's worth a watch. Just True. a yeah. watch. Yeah, I agree. I think it does in, in terms of like, I mean, it doesn't, it, doesn't set, it doesn't accomplish what it sets out to do, but it's not a bad time. Yeah. 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 I'd say that's, I think that's really fair. I feel like that sums up this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely, like you said, it's a curiosity watch for sure. Mm-hmm. I think if you, if you haven't, if you like them, uh, if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. It's weird. Yeah. It's, it's on Roku. Don't spend $4 like Johnny did. Unless you, unless you got, I, I, unless you're I actually, Mr. Rich High Roller like Johnny is. Yeah. I got so make much it, money. Making guys. it rain <laughs> left and right. I'm fucking rolling in the dough. Or you have, you just have a vendetta against free streaming like Avon i mean i don't like i don't like Avon platforms at all i, I hate watching movies with ads like it's no i'm if i don't have to i'm not gonna do it yeah i'm cheap i hate it but i'm also cheap yeah I, I, no no there's some things that i'm cheap about my films are not one of them <laughs> when it's a movie like this i'm cheap on it yeah that's fair enough. but if I it's mean, like if it's i want to watch another round with mads mickelson the day before it goes on hulu without knowing that it goes on hulu yes i'll spend 20 bucks to rent that movie very specific very specific i did that and please go watch another round on hulu it is going to win best international feature at the oscars and it deserves it all right then 
listener. Well, you have your marching orders. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch another round. If you want a fun time, watch Dick Tracy. <laughs> it's a it's a weird time for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we would like to know what you think because yeah. yeah. I'm interested. I'm interested to see what anybody thinks of this movie. Yeah. Honestly, because mm-hmm. I've never heard anybody talk about this movie I, ever. Yeah, I was just gonna say that I don't hear anybody talking about. This. So if you have seen it. Let us know on Twitter or Instagram at Nostalgitis, N-O-S-T-A-L-G-I-T-I-S, or email Nostalgia Effect, Nostalgia Effect Pod at gmail.com, because, yeah, I don't know anybody who has seen this movie besides the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget to be kind and rewind. <laughs>